Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What you hear in this podcast does not implicate any individual or entity in any criminal activity. The views and opinions are solely those of the individuals participating in the podcast. Previously on The Missionary. I'm going to come and do my own thing so I can be my own boss and run my own show. That was very, very, very much a trend. In a lot of my years of blogging, I was young and I wanted to share. Life can look so different than what I thought it looked like as a girl from a rural town in America. White people fetishize black suffering or like get off on black suffering like seeing those pictures of those like malnourished ugandan babies people love that shit you don't get to place yourself in an er and then claim oh, what is an emergency she wasn't a good samaritan she was a fraud yeah because i didn't read the papers i just listened to what i was was told and if that was an oversight by our nurses then that was an oversight not to cast any blame it's not about saving kids it's about you being someone who saves kids that's what this is about. You don't know anything. You're just such a newbie, you know? So definitely a part of me thinks like, oh, come on, Jackie. Like, bless your heart. There's a photo on Instagram that you might have seen. Might have even liked. It's a Barbie doll wearing a white coat standing in front of a hospital. 
with a little black baby doll in one hand and a pink stethoscope in the other. The caption reads, There are no trained medical professionals or hospitals in Africa, so I'm drawing on my vast amount of knowledge to cure and heal those around me. It was posted by Barbie Savior, a satirical profile that documents the adventures of a Barbie doll following her calling in Africa. Holding little black baby dolls in her arms, tattooing a map of Africa on her chest, banging on drums in a far-flung village. The account has 150,000 followers. We didn't do any promotion. We just started posting stuff. And within the first few weeks, it started going viral and then kept getting picked up. And it was very clear that we had struck a nerve. That's Emily Worrell, one of the co-founders of the account. What people assume with Barbie Savior is that we were trying to, like, solve something. And that was the opposite of what we were trying to do. Like, we were just trying to process what we had experienced. The other co-founder you might actually recognize. So, honestly, we're just being bitchy. Yeah, that's Jackie Kramlick, the same nurse that saved Patricia's life. Some of the first ones were honestly straight up mocking Renee because the one where Barbie's, like, getting on... An airplane? That's like the exact replica of Renee leaving for Uganda for the first. <laughs> Barbie Savior started out almost as therapy for Jackie and Emily, a way to vent the endless frustrations of life in Jinja. This culture of anything goes, as long as you are trying to make a difference, you are put on a high pedestal and respected and unquestioned and when you're in your early 20s, that's like a drug. Emily was an archetype of the ginger missionary, a 20-something white woman from the States who came to Uganda with good intentions, the support of folks back home, and the dream of running her own NGO. You get praised for what you're doing, you get put on this pedestal, you get all this respect, and like your, your brain hasn't even formed yet. But after a few years of running a charity for children with disabilities, Emily became another archetype the ex-missionary, who'd crawled out of the cave and tried to coax the rest of her friends to come out too. And so that realization that maybe you shouldn't have started an NGO, was that kind of all of a sudden or a slow realization? It was more of a slow realization, um, but then all of a sudden it was kind of like, can I cuss on this? <laughs> uh, we encourage it. Okay. Like, oh fuck, what have I done? <laughs> Basically. So I think... Pieces were chipped off over time, and then there wasn't, like, one incident or one, like, aha moment. It was just coming to terms with the fact that something I had built my life around was not something I believed in. Her transformation came in the mid-2010s, a time when young Christian missionaries were arriving in Jinja en masse, irreversibly changing the face of this once tight-knit community. I understood why Emily recoiled from it. Because the deeper I got into the missionary world, the clearer it became that Renee wasn't just a fluke. There was a whole industry of mission trips, evangelical politics, and international aid swirling around Jinja. All those things came together in what seemed like a perfect storm to create someone like Renee and eventually tear this community apart from within. It was a shit show. No, it was just something I had never seen before and honestly, like, something I still fail to put words to. 
it was just such a bizarre, random events that led to what seemed like a catastrophic breakdown of an entire community that was supposed to have each other's backs. It was just honestly like Mean Girls on steroids. In association with iHeartMedia, I'm Rajiv Goa. I'm Halima Gikandi. I'm Malcolm Burnley. And this is The Missionary, Episode 5, Barbie Savior. In 1792, a Baptist minister named William Carey published a book titled An Inquiry into the Obligations of Christians to Use Means for the Conversion of the Heathens. That obligation was the Great Commission, summed up best in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 19. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. William Carey is considered the godfather of the modern missionary movement, and his book was the manual for generations of missionaries setting off from Europe to the uncharted continents, full of so-called savages and non-believers. It's said that in those days, missionaries packed their clothes in a coffin and never expected to return home. That's because the story of Christianity, of Jesus and his followers, is one of martyrdom, of believers so faithful that they were willing to give their lives in service of the Lord. It was even written in Philippians chapter 2, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. There were few places a missionary could put their faith to the test like Africa. So many died there and en route that it became known as the white man's graveyard. Someone who really feels that they've heard God's voice might talk about it as a call. It implies, and I think it often is the case, that it's not something that I went around and studied or planned or, you know, I didn't necessarily go to college and learn all the languages. I just felt it. That's Dr. Melanie McAllister. She's a professor at George Washington University and the author of The Kingdom of God Has No Borders, about the role that missionaries play in the modern world. And this is a language that says, this is not just about me wanting an adventure. This is about me feeling God's action in my life. I'm doing this by virtue of a force greater than me. But Dr. McAllister says that the way missionaries answer that calling has changed a lot in the last 50 years. There was a transformation in how missionary work happened, really beginning in the 60s with the increase in flights and the lowering of costs of flights, people were able to go for shorter periods of time and get there more quickly. Nowadays, any teenager can hop on a plane, travel halfway around the world with their church, build a school, take some photos, and come home with stories to tell. What used to be a life's work was now a spring break tour package. It was now a multi-billion dollar industry, selling a shortcut to righteousness to nearly two million people a year. Kurt Verbeek is a professor at Calvin University. He spent the last 20 years studying this stuff. How it's sold is often that this is risky and, you know, going to put your face to a challenge and you're going to go and share the gospel and 
there's this chance for God to use this to do great things. It was the same language that was used to recruit long-term missionaries. And it was now targeted at teenagers. In a sense, these short trips were a form of role-playing. You could live the life of a missionary without the long-term commitment and sacrifice. From the pulpit and in the pews, it's more of this is going to be this life-changing experience for the people who receive us. But what lots of times I think the parents and the leaders are hoping for is a life-shaping experience for the people who go. After a century of colonialism and forceful efforts to change local cultures, Africa was now a place where Christians from the West could reconnect with God to heal their own souls. They would see in Christians from these parts of the world a kind of idealized faith that they saw as perhaps more authentic, more passionate, more pure than their own. And they looked to those parts of the Global South as a kind of spiritual resource. If all this work was just a way to find yourself, then it didn't really matter what the work was, or if it was even useful at all. I talked with Dr. Verbeek about a story I heard about a mission in Mexico that really made that point clear to me. Every summer, an American church group brought volunteers to Mexico to help build a wall for a local orphanage. After a week, the group would move on, and locals would tear the wall down in preparation for the next crop of volunteers. There's sadly a good chunk of stories like that in Haiti. And there's some school, it's a sleep-in school, but the only time there's kids in the school is when the church or mission groups would come down, and then they would send them all back to their homes until the next group came. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. 
To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Jesus does not ask that we care for the less fortunate. He demands it. I would like to invite you to come with me on this journey that is so far from over and see what God will do next. One woman seemed to embody the perfect balance of self-discovery and serving others. She did it so well that she made Jinja a missionary Mecca. I'm Katie Davis. I'm 21 years old, and I live here in Uganda. I run Amazima Ministries, and... Katie Davis's story is one that you might recognize by now. She was fresh out of high school when she felt God calling her to Africa. I had always said I wanted to be Mother Teresa, just because, I guess, I just loved her heart for children. So she left her Tennessee town and set off for Uganda on a short-term trip, just a few months. But when she got there, she couldn't believe the poverty around her and felt she needed to do something about it. Lord with all your heart and then you're to love your neighbor as yourself. I'm like, myself doesn't want to be starving. And so I don't want other people in the world to be starving. So she started an NGO to offer scholarships, schooling, and resources for thousands of vulnerable children across the country. But that's not what made her famous. What made her famous were the 13 Ugandan children she adopted as her own. And the littlest one looks up and she calls me mommy. My heart breaks in two. I have no idea what to do. But something clicks. I'm even more scared than the day that I stepped on that plane, but I know that this is right. She wrote a book about it called Kisses from Katie, and it made the New York Times bestseller list. The recording you've been hearing is from a Simon & Schuster advertisement for that book. The cover shows a young, smiling Katie Davis on a dirt road, surrounded by laughing children. And inside, the book features a photograph taken by one of Katie's best friends, Renee Bach. Being a missionary today was not just a way of life anymore. It was a lifestyle brand. Blogging about your daily adventures, posting photos of your picture-perfect Christian family, sharing heart-wrenching videos of children in need. It wasn't just about selling a cause. It was about selling yourself. The aspiration used to be martyrdom and conversions. Now, it was a book deal and influencer status. It wasn't just Katie's book or Renee's blogs that were filled with photos of people like Nabokoza, skinny to the bone, 
or Patricia, swollen to the point of bursting, and all in need of rescuing. There were tons of missionaries out there, carefully curating their online personas and posting similar images across every social media outlet. The missionary brand depended on a charismatic, selfless white woman surrounded by black children in need. It required everything to be exaggerated. The missionary had to appear more selfless, and the Africans had to appear more needy. Here's Elizabeth Nicholson, one of the older missionaries in Jinja. In Uganda, if the children are going to go out and play, it's muddy and dusty and dirty. So you put them in the crummiest clothes they have, and they go out and play. But somebody coming from the first world just sees these dirty children in rags. Now on Sunday, they're all cleaned up and in their Sunday clothes. But actually, this is just a very old tactic on new platforms. Here's Dr. McAllister again. There was real pushback in the 1950s and 1960s by African Christians about how Africans were being represented. And a young Congolese Methodist who then comes to the U.S. and sees how missionaries are talking about Congo. And, you know, he's saying, this is a, we're part of an African continent that is on the rise. We have, you know, big cities. We're going to be modern. We have decolonized. We're talking about freedom. And you all are still showing pictures, literally showing pictures from 30 years previous in order to present Africa as inherently and uniformly backward and mired in poverty in order to raise money for the missionary work. All of this revolves around a deceptively simple question. What is a missionary's job? Is it to serve the vulnerable and needy? Or is it to convert people to Christianity and save their souls? Renee believed that it was to serve. She thought that providing medical care and healing children was a way to open the door for a conversation about God. My job there was to like show people the character and the nature of Christ by just acting out of love and kindness and being so compassionate. And I do think that that was effective, not in people just walking up to me and being like, oh my gosh, like you must love Jesus. I'm like, I want to love Jesus too. But I had a lot of experiences where people would just be like, why are you being so nice to people that aren't even related to you? There's something different about you, and I like wonder what it is. And I think that's a far more rooted place to start a discussion about God. But her board disagreed. When they responded to accusations of Renee's malpractice, they quoted a 19th century missionary named Oswald Chambers. In missionary work, the great danger is that God's call will be replaced by the needs of the people. We tend to forget that the one great reason underneath all missionary work is not primarily the elevation of the people, their education, nor their needs, but is first and foremost the command of Jesus Christ. In other words, saving souls was the only thing that mattered. Her job was to win conversions, and there was no cost too high. The dead kids were just collateral damage. That's a staggering mindset. So you can understand Ugandans who looked at a hundred years of colonial history and at the current state of things and saw darker motives. In Africa or in our communities, our people glorify white people. That's Olivia Alasso, a social worker and the Ugandan co-founder of No White Saviors. If people are not held accountable, if people's bad vices are not brought up, our people will continue to praise them. This is also one way of creating awareness in our communities by 
actually calling out people who are doing what we consider inhuman. To Olivia, the missionaries continued a white supremacist system that placed Ugandans on the bottom, subject to the whims and fancies of people who'd come to do good, a system she and no white saviors were determined to dismantle. This also wakes up the community for them to stand and ask next time they see a white person and say, hey, look, you're coming in to present yourself as a doctor or as a teacher. Can we see your papers? This gives them the confidence because they have seen someone held. But if we leave things past like that, then this will continue on the African continent. Because for us here, we, all the time, we knew white is right and black is wrong. Olivia was only one of many Ugandans trying to ensure accountability. Margaret Chambakulaba is the head of the Jinja NGO Forum, an independent body set up to coordinate the activities and offer oversight to the hundreds of organizations in Jinja. And it's still happening because you'll find when you go to Facebook pages, there's so many organizations, and when you go to the ground to look for them, you don't see them. But when you really want to interact and say, where are you based? Can I come and visit? Can I come see the people you're really working with, the community? You don't see them. And they'll change their names and their face pages. For years, Margaret has been on the front lines, doing her best to police NGOs with the few resources she has. She worried that many of the missionaries were only out to enrich themselves. But you'll see they're receiving funds, they're receiving money. The people who want to help, I think, are so sympathetic. When they hear a story that is so touching, they will send the money before they realize it's just a fraud. We really have so many of those cases. Margaret told me that there were over 900 registered organizations in Jinja. That came out to one NGO for every 500 people in the district. Now, to be clear, not all NGOs are missionary-run. And many are actually Ugandan-owned. But still, the numbers blew me away. I asked Margaret where Rene and serving his children fit into that picture. So based on the allegations you have heard, uh, that she was an unlicensed medical facility, that she was providing medical care without having medical qualifications, do these allegations surprise you, given what you know about how NGOs operate here? Um, Of course they don't surprise me. I know anybody here can come and people believe in foreign people very much. Even you, when you turn to see your doctor, no one will question your qualifications or anything. So to me, it's not a surprise. Do you think it could happen again now? Yes, it could even be happening somewhere else right now. I would not be surprised to see another person being, you know, caught doing the same thing. Every person I spoke to in Jinja had a horror story to tell. Some orphanage was abusing kids, or an NGO was embezzling its donors. And, well, you didn't hear this from me, but did you hear about that American couple's sketchy adoption? Renee Bach's story is actually quite a bit more common than you might think. Maybe not the 105 dead children, but other parts of it. In the year I spent in Uganda, I saw a surprising number of missionary scandals in the headlines like the American evangelical who was deported after giving Ugandans a miracle drug to cure cancer. A U.S. pastor from New Jersey had been giving MMS, Miracle Mineral Solution, which is basically like a bleaching agent to over 50,000 Ugandans. Or the old white guy who was caught on video 
punching a hotel concierge while shouting, Uganda hates Jesus. I've come to help Uganda, but Uganda hates Jesus through this son of a bitch. Come on, bitch. Yeah, feel me. And though he wasn't a missionary, a German national who ran a children's home was arrested on charges of defilement and child trafficking. We first received a complaint against him in 2013 on allegations of sexual abuse against the girls she was taking care of in this home. It was clear that Jinja needed a radical transformation. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. To be honest, like, 
I mean, there is a personal aspect to this case for me, and I can't pretend there's not. But the personal aspect is not outweighed. It's also just knowing that she's not the only one. Like, this is not, Renee is not the only person doing this, not in Uganda, not globally. And there needs to be a new standard set. When Kelsey Nielsen graduated college, she received a copy of Kisses from Katie and soon became one of the hundreds of young women who followed her footsteps to Jinja. She signed up to volunteer by chance at the same orphanage that Renee volunteered at. After a few months there, Kelsey founded an NGO called Abide Family Center to support vulnerable families and offer them an alternative to putting their kids up for adoption. It was thrilling to be a 20-something CEO in a foreign country, rubbing elbows with your celebrity role models. And I just remember being like so amazed at Katie and Renee and thinking like they're the pinnacle of like what I should be striving for, of like they're so self-sacrificial, they, they just say yes to everything. To Kelsey, they were the real missionaries, giving everything they had to the poor people of Jinja. They were making real sacrifices and changing lives. So when Renee asked for a favor, Kelsey jumped at the chance. I sat there and watched, what was I watching? I don't know what I'm doing. Why am I, why am I going to the hospital to watch a child's blood transfusion? But I did it because I was like, I wanted to be friends with them. Like they were the, they were the cool girls. And yeah. so being yeah, in Jinja, status. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I was like, that's, I like wanted to be friends with them. But the more enmeshed Kelsey got in the ginger world, the more she saw another side to their image. They set the tone to us what would normalize. Like, they basically set the tone of, like, this is what is acceptable. So if you, like, if you had a kid die or you had, um, you had just had, like, an overwhelming amount of, like, busyness, it was like, oh, you're doing it right. Like, this is, like, this is where God, you see God work. God works when, like, things are chaotic. Well, what happens when you create the chaos? It was easy to see why Jinja was an exhausting place to be. Martyrdom was once the highest calling of Christian missionaries. And in a lot of ways, that culture still lingered. It was a place that demanded everything of a person. There were no lines between a personal and a professional life. And it was almost taboo to even think of taking time for yourself. Here's Renee. For a while, especially when I first got to Uganda, it was kind of this, like, who could, like, one-up each other, who was, like, the most tired and, like, worked the hardest, you know? like I've heard that. Okay, like, I haven't yeah. had a day off in, <laughs> in, like, a month. Or, like, oh, well, I haven't had, you know, like, I haven't been on vacation in five right. years, you know? And people don't, I think, mean it. Like, subconsciously, it's a way to, like, tout that you're working hard. I mean, I did it. I used to heavily judge people who didn't work on the weekend. I was like, who do you think you are? You're not working on the weekends? Like, why are you even here, you know? When you've got a town full of people who are trying to save lives and who are just as ambitious and stressed out, well, you've got a pressure cooker on your hands. Jinja was a hard place to live in the sense that, like, even Kelsey, one of her closest friends was Emily Whirl, who's one of the Barbie savior girls. Mm -hmm. Well, I used to hear Emily and Kelsey talk about each other terribly behind each other's backs in public settings, you know, and be like, I can't believe Emily's doing this with her kids, or I can't, Kelsey's crazy, you know, which is another reason why I really didn't want to get involved in the community and have a lot of friends, because I thought, like, well, that's just mean. Like, I don't want to be a part of that, and it's so easy to get sucked into. Even in my time in Jinja, I'd experienced similar things. 
At coffee shops and restaurants, everyone was friendly and happy to chat. But then I'd hear them batting rumors around about each other. Everything from extramarital affairs and drug addictions to child abuse and trafficking. When I saw that side of Jinja, I didn't feel so special that the box were spreading rumors about me or trying to get in our heads with things like the Patricia video. Jinja had always been like this. Here's Emily Worrell from Barbie Savior again. I think seeing how the community reacted left a really bad taste in my mouth. And I just was constantly asking myself every day if this is how Christians are supposed to act and treat one another. This is not attractive at all. This is embarrassing. This is frankly disgusting. Why would I want to be a part of this? When you think about missionaries as martyrs, you think of them being persecuted by non-believers, by kings in foreign lands, or by disease and disaster in jungles and deserts. Even these days, there's a mindset of persecution that still exists among them. You see it all the time when white Christians in America say that they're under attack, despite everything seemingly going their way. But when persecution against missionaries came to Jinja in 2014, it came from an unexpected place. It came from another missionary. Katie and I were never really friends. Myself and any of the less attractive white girls in Jinja weren't pretty or cool enough for you. I never worshipped you enough to be in your inner circle, and I'm cool with that. Your whole Christian celebrity persona is a total joke. Also, all that defending Renee Bach, a literal murderer of children, that is when I lost all respect for you. These are Kelsey Nielsen's words. Taken from a Facebook post, edited for clarity, and read by a voice actor. Earlier that year, Kelsey was sexually assaulted by a colleague in Uganda. It led to the deterioration of her mental health, and as she tells it, her NGO forcing her out of the organization. After that, Kelsey saw Jinja in a completely different light. She was fed up with the sketchy adoptions, the medical malpractice, and all the other contradictions she saw. She knew she would be mocked and dismissed if she spoke out. She'd become a pariah in the missionary community. But she had nothing to lose anymore. Just like Jesus said, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I'm not doing this for the likes or for attention. I'm doing it because it needs to be said. And although many will say it where it is safe, I'm not interested in staying safe about things that matter anymore. She put other NGOs on blast too, demanding to see financial records, asking how much Ugandan staff were being paid, and how much the directors were spending on travel, house help, and rental properties. I'm only getting started. I'm threatening nothing other than exposing all the lies, exploitation, and corruption within the missionary community in Jinja. If I see the white saviors of Jinja coming clean and admitting their harmful and ethical and criminal acts, I'll work toward reconciliation. Or I will, at the very least, stop posting about this. Kelsey admits that many of these posts were written during a very dark moment in her life, when her mental health was at a low point. Others in the community were quick to seize on Kelsey's history of mental illness and dismiss her. When I'm diagnosed with bipolar, bipolar and PTSD, and so you have, okay, we're not going to trust anything this woman says. She's just crazy. So you have a lot of like stigma around mental health. And I've even experienced that since working with the White Saviors, since we've created this platform. I've had people just say like, Kelsey's not stable. You shouldn't be having her on your team. And it's hard. I mean, that's probably my one area that's really hard because I think I still face a lot of self-stigma and a lot of like, 
insecurity of like trusting my own mind and trusting so like trusting like what is passionate and driven and like ideas and what is my mania but she didn't stop posting about it instead she figured out how to turn her newfound perspective into a brand of its own so she linked up with olivia the ugandan social worker that used to work in her ngo and the two of them created no white saviors what barbie savior had failed to do no white saviors would my biggest criticism of Barbie Savior was that they were just criticizing this in a satirical way and nothing was actually being done. You could be like actually calling out this stuff directly and doing something about it with your platform. It's all good and fun to make a joke about it, but that shit is literally costing people lives and it's not funny. In a community full of contradictions and abuse and people who didn't take kindly to advice from outsiders, No White Saviors was just as inevitable as Renee. The direction they took was distinctly more confrontational. They went after the international adoption industry, which they accused of tricking parents into selling their kids abroad. And they nearly canceled a British TV presenter named Stacey Dooley when she posted a selfie with a child in a village without consent. They called for boycotts of travel bloggers who posted, in their words, poverty porn. And they organized a campaign for the survivors of a trafficking ring, allegedly run by a German national who ran a children's home in Uganda. Uh, white supremacy is uh, it is something that is really hard to break. We are trying. We don't know when it will die out. With our work, we are just laying a foundation. Maybe at one point, it will be achieved. A lot of people in town didn't agree with No White Savior's tactics. Their brand of politics felt more like blackmail and extortion than advocacy. Still, it forced NGOs in Jinja and elsewhere to reconsider the way that they behaved online and on the ground. I heard from several NGO directors in Uganda that they now ask themselves, what would no white saviors say? Before Jinja, my entire understanding of what it meant to be a missionary came from Sister Gracie, the nun I met in South Sudan when I was still in college. She was a lifelong missionary, dedicated to the people she lived among, dedicated to serving their needs and uplifting them. She learned the local language and broke bread with them every night. She called South Sudan home. When I asked her if she'd ever go back to India, she told me she wanted to be buried in South Sudan. The most humbling part was that she expected no credit for it, didn't even expect results. Sometimes she didn't even know whether anything she did mattered. But she wore the same torn and frayed habit every single day and went to work because she knew she had to keep trying. Jinja seemed like the exact opposite. Every stone I turned over was another scandal waiting to explode. Every missionary I spoke to was more than happy to dish on their neighbors. People seemed more worried about keeping up an image of righteousness than actually being righteous. And the reason was simple. Doing the right thing wasn't easy. If it was, then we'd be living in a much different world. But painting that picture, a picture of doing the right thing, that was much easier. They were role-playing a life like Sister Gracie's, and it felt like a punch to the gut. I'd seen the toll it had taken on her, the decades of trauma, the gnawing self-doubt, rushing into battlefields time and time again. I read the ginger blogs, I saw the heroic images they painted. I saw the NGO fundraising campaigns, teary-eyed and full of needy children. 
But then I would read the Ugandan headlines, and I saw the stomach-churning scandals that came to the surface. And then I sat in restaurants with them, eating ramen and drinking coconut lattes, all paid for with earnest donations. That's what I've been trying to get across this whole episode. Renee isn't an anomaly. She isn't some ahistorical monster. She's an embodiment of all the swirling forces around Jinja and missionary culture at large. Young people who tried to solve the world's problems without qualifications or oversight. Folks back home who put them on a pedestal for taking action, no matter what the outcome. And the idea that serving God was the highest calling, even if it came at the expense of the people you'd come to save. Even Jackie Kramlick, who's accused Renee of terrible things, saw her that way. The analogy I use is kind of like a rabid dog in a puppy mill. That they're like, oh, that dog was bad. Good thing you took him out. But let's not talk about the evils of the puppy mill. That's the problem. And that's why when people are like, oh, she's just so evil and blah, blah, blah. It's like there's a really, a really big, deep story here of how this comes to be and how someone could get into this position that everyone needs to be very mindful of. But to claim that she's just like completely evil, independent of all these underlying structures is really missing the point. But Jinja's reckoning was just about to arrive. The Missionary is produced in association with iHeartMedia. It's written and reported by Rajiv Gola, Halima Gikandi, and Malcolm Burnley. It's produced by Michelle Lands and Ryan Murdoch. Mark Lotto is our story editor. Our executive producer is Mangesh Hathikarar. Our fact checker is Austin Thompson. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.